Welcome to Dear Wallflower, your podcast advice column for the woman who desires to deepen and beautify her inner world. Every week, we'll answer a letter from listeners just like you, who are looking for insight and wisdom on the most pressing questions in their story right now. Make sure to stay with us until the end to hear our weekly recommendations on books, movies, music, lifestyle, beauty, and more. We're so glad you're here. Grab a cup of tea and come on in. Welcome, dear listeners, to this episode of Dear Wallflower, a podcast for the woman with a deep inner world. I'm your host, Kelia Clarkson. I am an actress, writer, filmmaker, and the editor-in-chief of Wallflower Journal. And with me today is my lovely co-host, Jessica Schroeder. I'm a writer and PhD candidate, a food blogger, tea drinker, and adjunct theology professor. We want to thank each and every person who's tuning in today. We're always just so glad to have you hang out with us for just a little while. However, this episode might find you, whether you are on your way to work or at the gym or doing some spring cleaning, even if it's not spring. (laughs) (laughs) We will be getting to this week's letter in just a few moments. But first, let's get into our pre-letter segment of the show called Roses and Thorns, where we recount our highs and lows of the week. So starting with our thorn, something that left us feeling dry or depleted or frustrated that week. And finishing off with our rose, something that fostered our inner world or brought us joy or built us up that week. So Jessica, what was this week's thorn and this week's rose? I'd say my thorn this week is that my husband is gone camping this weekend. (laughs) So I'm missing him. I'm grateful for him that he gets this time with uh, some friends of his to spend in the beautiful Colorado great outdoors. But yeah, it's, um, I, I do look forward to alone time, but I also sometimes just end up feeling lonely. So yeah, that's <laughs> a little, a little sad, but I guess on the, on the flip side, I feel like there's just always like another side of the coin, right? Um, my rose is, is the alone time or the girl time, whatever. I, um, sometimes I'll get together with a friend, but I think this, this weekend, it's just been just kind of me, me, myself and I, um, the Holy Spirit, obviously I'm spending some time, time with the with the Lord as well, but just getting to like, oh, I'll watch a movie that I don't think Daniel will want to watch with me. And then just mm-hmm. eat popcorn for dinner. I maybe have mentioned that before. You do a girl dinner. <laughs> <laughs> have you heard about this trend? <laughs> um, I don't think so. It's, it, it's what they're, it's what the kids are calling a girl dinner where the a, kids, a, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, mom, you know, the we're kids not old on, enough on TikTok, um, where they'll just, they'll talk about what a girl dinner is, is like a, a, a woman that is like too tired to put together a full meal. Cause she's mm-hmm. always doing that. And so mm-hmm. she's just like, I'll just, I'll just snack on popcorn. <laughs> oh, I will happily eat popcorn for dinner a lot of times. Yes. But I do remember this. Cause like before getting married, I thought, okay, I have to like get used to cooking full meals. Cause I don't know that Daniel mm-hmm. will want to just eat a sweet potato yeah, or a bowl of granola, which I guess yeah. we probably would always be happy to eat a bowl of granola. Who, who doesn't love granola, but mm-hmm. I digress. It's all, you know, yes, it's been fun to, <laughs> to just kind of have some time and uh, do whatever I want, just kind of rest. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Kelia, how about you? Well, my thorn this week was a really, really nasty pinched nerve that I had in my Ah. shoulder for a few days. And it's actually still here. Um, 
And for anyone that's had a pinched nerve, it's just, it's so like painful and also just annoying because it keeps you from just like moving like a normal person. Um, and so, yeah, this one's really been holding on. And the worst part is that it, um, it's most painful when I'm laying down. And Mm. so it's been a little bit difficult to find like a really comfortable sleeping position. Yeah. That's been a little bit thorny. Um, but as for my rose this week, so we live right by some mountains and my husband and I decided to have a little adventure the other day. And, um, as we were driving through the mountains, we just decided to keep taking turns and exploring and be like, this looks like a fun place to turn, you know? And so we ended up driving up this little small, like very, very private and secluded path that had these picnic tables every like. I'm I'm very bad at distance. So if I say a hundred feet, I don't really know what that means. <laughs> it was every, like, they're far enough away that you don't see each other. <laughs> um, but, uh, it was just so peaceful. And so we decided to get out and sit at one of our tables, one of the tables. And, um, it was just really lovely to be surrounded by the soundtrack of, you know, the birds chirping mm. and trees rustling and, um, looking at all the, you know, the different types of trees and someone planned this out. Someone, you know, thought I I know how to make this more beautiful. This was really just a lot of fun, um, as simple as it was. And we enjoyed this escape into nature for an hour or so. I love it. All right. So just a couple of things before we move on to our letter for this week, if you have been enjoying this podcast, please consider leaving us a review really helps to boost the podcast and um, introduce it to new people who might not have heard of it and might get something from it, enjoy it, and make sure to share it with a friend, especially if the letter sounds like something that your friend might identify with. And lastly, we would love to encourage you to send in your own letter to dearwallflower at wallflowerjournal.com. We would love the opportunity to speak into the issues that you are facing today. Okay, so let's move on to our letter for today, which covers a subject of outgrowing a friendship. Dear Wallflower, I have been friends with my elementary school best friend for 15 years now. We've gone through times of being closer and drifting apart, but through it all, we've been there for one another. We've seen each other through so many different phases of life that this friendship just feels like a part of who I am. Here comes the hard part. I've begun to wonder if we're really friends at all, or if we're both still friends just because we've made it this far. If I'm honest, we don't have tons in common anymore. I became a Christian and she doesn't care about faith. I recently got married and she seems upset that I am not as available to her as I used to be. And I've noticed her drinking more and making unhealthy and unwise decisions. But when I say, when I try to say anything, she snaps at me. I want to be there for her because I do love her, but I really feel like this is a friendship of duty at this point. I don't want to abandon her, but I don't know if we fit into each other's lives anymore. How do you know when a friendship is worth fighting for or when it's best left in the past? If I do end the friendship, what's the best way to do that? Signed, outgrowing my friendship. So Jessica, what are your thoughts for our writer today? Yeah. Um, well, first, some friendships last a lifetime and others are here for particular seasons. And this sounds like it started off being quite a long season in, in terms of I'm, I'm 
imagining, you know, she's probably in her early twenties. So a large portion of her life. Um, it's okay that some friendships come and go. Um, but there are some that are worth quote fighting for Mm -hmm. those that ebb out don't necessarily even do so for necessarily bad reasons. It may just be a natural drifting apart, like the shifting of the tides. Um, and as much as I agree that either of these options is quite common and natural, our writer seems to think that there are only these two options, mm-hmm. fighting for the friendship or leaving it in the past. I would like to pose the idea of a third option, a middle way. Remain friends, but redefine, at least for yourself, what that looks like. Mm-hmm. And... um you know, just hearing this letter, once again, you, re- you read through it just this um, last time right now, um, my mind was jogged back to C.S. Lewis's The Four Loves and how there is the love of friendship, but there is also a love that he terms appreciation. And it kind mm-hmm. of feels like this is the area in which she finds herself with regard to this friend, because the way that Lewis describes friendship has more of this sort of sitting side by side, seeing the same truth, doing things together that you love. And it seems like they're not in that place, but there's still a place for the love of the thing or the person that is there because it's been there. You know, it's the person, your neighbor, who's kind of quirky and a little weird and you don't (laughs) really like them that much, but you just like, oh, but what would we do without that guy? You know, like, I don't know that that's exactly how you feel about your friend, but this this notion of familiarity is in her letter, right? Like we've always been in each other's lives, so I don't know what to do about it. Well, I think it's okay to think about what it could be to still be a part of her life without necessarily Mm -hmm. needing to be the level of friends that you had been before. Yeah. I think that's a, that's kind of an uncomfortable for a thing for people to think about is like the levels of of friendship that are possible and not just that there are different levels of friendship, but that sometimes someone was on one level of friendship with you in a, a, a specific season of your life that it made sense for you guys. And then that shifts mm-hmm. and they and they, they don't any longer, and maybe you don't any longer fit that level of friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, that, yeah, that's an interesting thing to think about. Yeah. And, you know, like she was saying in her letter, things change in our lives that can make us into different people. You know, we are, there, there is always consistency that we are the same people and yet there, there is, there is change that there's a shift in who we are. So marriage is a big thing that she mentions that Mm -hmm. she has united her life with another and um, has, you know, logistically less time for this friend, but also imagine she's for, you know, informing this new family unit and they're probably talking about what their values are and how they want to shape their, their family, et cetera. And so that is helping maybe bring clarity to the direction of her life and talking or to this, um, for her to be a Christian, if she was not always, um, during those 15 years of this friendship, mm-hmm. that's certainly affecting the direction of her life too. And if they don't share that in common, then, um, it's natural that she's going to be wanting to have closer friendships with people who share those deeper parts of her life, such as her faith and her values. So um, with this mention of not having as much in common with this friend anymore, 
I wonder what kinds of things does our writer think that she'd still enjoy doing with this friend from time to time? You know, what, what could it look like to still be a part of her life and still share some kind of community together without it needing to be this kind of best friend scenario? Yeah. Um, she also mentions that her friend has been making some unwise decisions um, and has not been receptive to the input that she's been trying to give. Now, while this certainly may mean that you don't spend as much time with her um, and don't participate in the activities that you don't agree with, um, you can still be a part of her life in some way. My advice to our writer in this scenario be for her to be consistent in her own walk of her life, you know, but someday your friend might come to you and ask for advice. You know, she may not be listening now. She's maybe just not ready for those words. But if you're consistent in walking out what you would be saying mm-hmm. um, and living what you think is a wise and fruitful life, you know, so that she may hopefully see that consistency and come come talk to you someday. And, yeah. and even regarding faith, the fact that you can be a solid person of faith in her life that she knows about. If she is curious, she knows where to turn. And if you're not being um, some somehow hostile toward her because she's not open to your faith, mm-hmm. then you know that, that's going to be more inviting if and when she does decide to ask you questions. That's true. Um, you can't you can't force someone in a direction, even if it's maybe a a, a good direction even if it would, um, you know, improve their life. If they, if they stopped making this decision or, um, or decided to, you know, pursue faith, right. As, as Christians, we believe that doing that would be a positive thing, right. But you can't force someone to do that. You can't force someone to agree with that or see that. And so I think you made a great point saying being that person who she knows she knows a Christian and being that person in her life who was very stable, very steady, she might one day go, you know, my friend's life is it seems to be going pretty well. She seems to be really happy and stable. Why is that? Maybe mm-hmm. I can come to her and ask her because I'm not happy with where my life is. And so I think um that that is a wonderful thing that you might be able to offer her in the future. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. I'm obviously advocating here for a sort of a middle way, you know, be, between fighting to keep the friendship that it has been, and um, between and breaking it off entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't say for sure, you know, what the best approach is for for our writer and for her friend. Um, but how, how can we start to discern, how can we tell whether a friendship is worth fighting for or when to leave it behind? If one of those options might be the way to, to lean, mm-hmm. um, honestly, I think that any decision of this sort is going to be complex, highly complex and very unique to your own situation and the person that you're in relationship with as much as we may want to ask questions like, well, what's in it for me, you know, in the sense of if I keep this friendship, what's in it for me versus, Mm -hmm. you know, what's it taking from me? Um, And those are not necessarily bad questions in and of themselves. I think that that can come into the 
to the, the equation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's also important to consider the relationship itself and the person that we're in relationship with. Um, you know, by definition, people are worth holding on to in the sense that they have dignity and, yeah. and worth. And people that we have shared experiences with, I think, unless there's something abusive or toxic that requires a very different set of, um, you know, um, a a very different approach. I think Mm -hmm. I would have a very different advice if she was writing about a toxic relationship or an abusive relationship. But I think, I think there's definitely worth to holding onto this person, but it may be that she needs to draw some boundaries. It sounds like if her, her friend is bothered by the fact that she doesn't have as much time to give because she's married now, then, you know, what might it look like to, I don't know, it might need to be clearly that she's communicating these boundaries, or it might be that she even proactively says, hey, let's get together once a month or once a quarter or something and do this thing together that we enjoy or like whether that's meeting up at a coffee shop and catching up or going for a walk somewhere. Maybe there's something active that you still like to do together. Mm -hmm. Um, As much as you may not have in common, you know, find what that common ground is and how to still show this person that you value them and and who they have been without necessarily feeling like you have to try to commit to keeping it what it had been in the past while you're both very clearly growing into different directions. Mm-hmm. I think one thing that our writer needs to determine is how much energy she's willing to spend on this friendship and what what about it she wants to maintain, assuming she wants to maintain some aspect yeah. of it. Now, it, it may seem sad to let the embers of a formerly very sweet friendship die down a bit, but the bonds that you have don't need to be severed. As your life continues to take shape and your path veers a different direction from hers, you may not see one another as regularly, but that doesn't mean you won't find little footpaths on your journeys to visit one another here and there along that journey, or even that you shouldn't hold out hope that her path might take a veer in a more positive direction one day as well. Mm -hmm. Whatever you decide, our dear writer, I hope and pray that you will have peace and take the next steps in love. Keely, I'm curious to hear more about your thoughts. Well, I think outgrowing a friendship is so uniquely painful. And I think just the thought of, um, just the thought of it is, is pretty devastating because friendship is such a, a, it's a unique connection. Um, It's unique from every other connection. So family, it's like, well, they're your family kind of no matter what. Um, romance, you know, you go into it thinking, okay, we will either get married or it won't work out, you know, and friendship is, um, a relationship that you don't think about ending. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, our writer has invested so much of herself into this friendship, so much of her time and her energy and, you know, to the point where she feels like it is, it is part of who she is, the fabric, you know, that, that makes up who she is today. Um, she says 15 years they've been friends. So to think about, about even just changing the dynamic of the friendship is understandably really difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, especially because those dynamics are just 
so set already. And so um, I'm going to start by saying that I, it, it's not necessarily a bad thing to stay friends with someone that, you know, as you age, you begin to have less in common with. I think that's actually pretty natural for friends that you met in school. Um, I think there's something to be said about having a constant in your life. And as Jessica mentioned, you know, there's this sense of familiarity that I think is really grounding for you. Um, it offers this sense of stability to our life, whether we realize it or not, you know, that we have this same person who has seen us in so many different lights, um, been, been there for us. So I don't think the mere fact that they have just become begun to have less in common is, you know, necessarily the deciding factor of like, okay, well, I guess, I guess get rid of them. Um, I would advise, I would advise against writing someone off that you've had in your life for such a long time, just because of that. Um, because I, I think it, you know, what, what the bigger issue here is, is not that they're sharing less of the things in common than they used to. It's that the things that they are not having in common are, are kind of big. Right. Mm, so then, you know, the writer mentioned, um, the few things that have cropped up for her that she's a Christian, her friend isn't, she's married and her friend seems upset. Um, the friend is becoming unhealthy and making unwise decisions. And she doesn't seem to want to hear any kind of input from her friend. So I want to dive into those before getting into the last two, like kind of big questions. Um, I am all for surrounding yourself with like minds. You definitely need friends that, you know, share your worldview because it, it really does change how you operate. Right. So you, you need to surround yourself with people that understand the way that you are operating and why you are behaving the way that you're behaving. And, you know, as, um, as someone that had a life, you know, before being a Christian and now a life after being a Christian, it's really natural to, um, to kind of lose those connections that made more sense before they begin to make less sense as you begin to take your faith more seriously and grow into a really different person. Um, so that being said, I wonder if, I wonder if our writer has brought this up to her friend or if she's kind of shied away from this subject. And I wonder how her friend might react to our writer bringing up her faith if she's shared anything about it with her, if she's explained why she became a Christian, if mm -hmm. she's explained how she feels like her life has changed in positive ways because of that. Um, because she says that her friend doesn't care about it, but that might not be the full picture. She, you know, she might not totally understand what her friend really thinks about faith. If her friend thinks about faith, if she has... Um, negative experiences with people of faith. She, if she hasn't brought this up, she might not really know. Um, and I don't say this to, you know, pressure a writer, like, you know, <laughs> you need to convert her. <laughs> um, but I think this friendship based on how long you guys have been in each other's life, I, I think it's worth bringing this up if you haven't. Um, the next thing she said that, you know, she's married. 
Um, her friend seems upset that she doesn't have quite as much time to be with her. So I, I noticed that she said seemed. And hmm. to me, that's worth exploring because that to me suggests that maybe she hasn't been really upfront with her friend here and just point blank said, what are you feeling about, you know, the fact that, yeah, I, I got married and it seems like hmm. there's been a shift in our friendship. Yeah. Naturally, you know, you will have less time after you get married for, um, to just show up to a coffee shop to do this at the drop of the hat, you know, exactly. how are you feeling about that? I, I, I've noticed, I've sensed maybe that you've felt this. Am I right about that? Am I wrong? Tell it's, me. It's face. my guess that far, like not, not enough people, um, talk openly with their friends about changes that occur once they get married. Um, yes. Yeah. I feel like this comes up every once in a while with Daniel and I, or with other couples or maybe not so much anymore because we've been married for over six years, but I just remember reflecting earlier on like this idea that, okay, people seem to be giving us space because they think we want space, but we actually still want friends. You know, it's this idea, like there's this, <laughs> yeah. all this unspoken activity surrounding, um, newly married couples. And I don't know how newly married our, our friend is, uh, but the fact that, again, you're saying the the word seems or seeming um, is definitely an opportunity to explore. And I, I I think we do really shy away from just asking vulnerably and clearly, yeah. hey, how, how do you feel about this? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm reading this kind of thing. You know, am I, can you just help me understand how you're feeling? Because I think it's an opportunity for for vulnerability, to, you know, being open and also just clearing the air and, and, and not, not making assumptions, right. To yeah. actually know where someone's coming from can be so helpful. Yeah, exactly. I think, um, that is such an interesting thing that people kind of like, they have maybe one of two reactions, which is like, Oh, I, I you know, I'm assuming that we're not gonna be friends anymore. I'm assuming that you won't have any time for me or I'm upset. Why aren't things exactly the same that they were? Um, so yes, I would encourage her to just, and it might be really uncomfortable. I understand that, but mm. to just say, Hey, I'm, I'm picking this up. Is that what you're putting down? Um, but here's the thing about asking people to be honest, they might be honest. <laughs> and so I would be ready to take some responsibility if you have maybe mm. in fact neglected the friendship in a way that has been maybe a little bit hurtful. I think that's pretty normal. Um, like, you know, we've all heard the stories about like the, the girl that like gets a boyfriend and she just immediately just disappears from her friends. And um, so maybe that is something worth exploring. You know, what, what has been going on in the friendship? How have things changed? And, you know, a lot of it is just like, it has to change um, when you go through something so, um, so big as, as getting married. But um, the last thing she mentioned is that her friend is making really unhealthy decisions and drinking more, um, that she's, you know, being unwise, that she snaps at her if our writer tries to bring it up. Um, so this isn't like normal behavior. At least it, it doesn't sound like this is what has been normal for, for our friend or uh, for our writer's friend. 
And so I can only imagine the friend is obviously going through something here. Maybe she's attempting to distract herself from something, um, uh, calm some kind of anxiety. And so she's turning to very um, unhealthy, unhealthy sources of, of, you know, feeling relaxation or escaping um, her reality right now. So I don't, again, I don't know if our writer has, you know, talked about this. Um, it might be wise to encourage her friend to go to counseling um, because these sound like very, very unhealthy and potentially dangerous patterns to be falling into. And so I would try to take them kind of seriously and as um, maybe warning signs of something, you know, danger ahead. Mm. Um, and, you know, she, she might express this concern and maybe her friend won't want to hear it from her, but at least she can try to say, Hey, I think maybe, maybe you can think about going to counseling here because I've just noticed these changes in your behavior and I really care about you and I love you and I want you to be okay. So with all this being said, um, let's get to the last two questions, which is how do you know that it's a good idea to fight for a friendship, leave it in the past. And if I do end this friendship, how do I do that? So I think the hard truth is that yes, there are friendships that we outgrow, right? And as Jessica said, a lot of times this, you know, you don't necessarily have to sever a connection, but I think other times, um, continuing, you know, the friendship in the way that it has been would feel like you are forcing a connection that doesn't really make sense for either person anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, with that being said, as Christians, we believe in redemption, right? So I think unless a person has really caused damage or deeply betrayed us or is abusive in some ways, um, as Jessica was saying, unless any of those things are happening or have happened, the idea of cutting someone off completely doesn't feel right to me. Um, I think as long as a friendship hasn't caused her to fall into unhealthy patterns and, you know, um, leave her faith or, um, act out in ways that's, you know, unhealthy or detrimental to her marriage. I think she can keep open the door for this friendship. And if the friend wants to walk through it, then she can. Um, and so as for her last question, I think the only way to really answer this is to know what our writer wants. Does she want to be friends? Even if it seem, even if it's like a in a a different way, a different form than than it has typically been, or does she not want to be friends? Mm. Um, if she wants to stay friends, I would suggest talking with her friend and being again really honest and upfront. Express the concerns that have led you here. Remind her that you know you love her, you care for her, and. Um, Tell her that you want to stay friends if you want to. And, you know, if she does want to stay friends, and I think it would be a good idea, as Jessica said, to draw some boundaries here. Um, you know, maybe like I can't talk on the phone for hours like we used to, or 
um, I don't, I don't want to hang out with you if there's, you know, if you're going to be drinking boundaries like that. Um, but if a writer doesn't want to stay friends, if it's really, if she really, really feels deep down that it is for the best to close the door here, um, there's a way to do this lovingly and in a way that leaves room for growth and reconnection one day if she and her friend choose. So she can sit down with her friend. She can tell her how much she has valued this friendship. Um, she can say that she feels like they might be growing in really different directions. She can even ask the friend to weigh in here, ask her if she has been feeling this too. I think a really important thing here is to allow her friend to share her thoughts and her side. Um, you know, don't just tell her what's what and say, Hey, I wanted you to know that, you know, you're being fired <laughs> from the role of friend. Um, allow her to say what she's been experiencing as well in the friendship and, um, tell her that ultimately you feel the need to take a step away from the friendship. But, um, whatever a writer decides to do again this is so you know case by case um i would encourage her to keep on praying for her friend no matter what and um and i pray for our writer as well that she would as jessica said feel peace about the direction that she chooses to move in all right so it's time for the maybe suggest segment of the podcast where we suggest to you the things that we have been reading, watching, eating, or wearing this week that just made us really happy to be alive. Everything we suggest will be linked in the description of this episode for you to check out. So Jessica, what's your suggestion this week? Well, I can't provide a link for this, but I want to suggest tacos. <laughs> I have been making and enjoying tacos, I feel like pretty much all summer. I think it's a great summer food because oh yes I don't have to have the oven on you know for a long time to eat them um I've just love making a huge variety of different mixtures of you know fillings and I always like to think about texture as well as like the flavor so you know I'm put together things like sweet potato and black bean or wow I've really I've really enjoyed like sauteed red onion I just love I love soft onions with like wow. mushrooms and quinoa and then you think about spices like cumin and chili uh chili powder and coriander and um different you know Mexican spices to toss in to to bring it some mm -hmm. kind of you know, kick to it all. And I just love, I think it's really important to have, if you can, you know, m m keep things around like lime and cilantro, I like wow. to put pumpkin seeds on top for like the textural crunch. And of course, hot sauce, very important as well. Wow. So I just feel like I, I want to encourage people eat tacos and like, don't worry about a recipe, you know, look at what you've got around or have a couple things that you buy intentionally for tacos, but don't like worry about, Oh, you know, what should I do with a recipe recipe? Just like look around and see what you think would taste good together. Wow. Put it all together, put on some salsa or hot sauce and go make yourself some tacos. <laughs> that is so adventurous. Just open your fridge and whatever you see, it could work. <laughs> I mean, that's what I do. That's that's, but that's, yeah, that's me. <laughs> that's exciting. <laughs> 
Well, my suggestion um, this week. So once again, I am I am suggesting something from Trader Joe's. Um, Solid. Yeah, I I can't help it that Trader Joe's just has so many life changing items. <laughs> so this week, I'm suggesting a dessert. <laughs> they're ice cream bonbons, so they're so far from healthy. But if you are looking for a an especially fun, um, maybe celebratory dessert um, for summer, especially this is a good place to go. So it's vanilla ice or yeah, vanilla ice cream with um, like a chocolate covered on top, and it has like this chocolate cookie type thing on the bottom. That's just like a nice little surprise. Um, it's like encased, it's like encased in chocolate. Yes. Oh, fun. Yeah. Yeah. See, it's the kind of thing you just, just don't eat too many, you know, maybe, maybe just, just eat one. Like just a couple. Yeah. I don't know how big they are, but <laughs> they're, they're like pretty small. I will say okay. so that that's like a nice thing. Yeah. Um, you can have a couple of them and not feel so bad, like so bad, but, um, yeah, if you're looking to cool down this summer, but still, <laughs> still celebrate something, you know, the graduations are over, but I'm sure there are other things to celebrate. Maybe like a birthday. These are just so good. So go ahead and check those out. All right. To wrap up this episode, Jessica, how can listeners find and connect with you? Listeners can find me on my food and lifestyle blog, thisrealjourney.com, on Instagram at Jessica J. Schroeder and my Substack at jessicajschroeder.substack.com. And if you want to get in contact with me, you can search my name on any of the socials and reach out. And of course, check out Wallflower Journal, where we have new articles coming out every week about relationships, beauty, recipes, personal stories, and so much more. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening to Dear Wallflower today. If you have a question you'd like answered, you can send your letter to dearwallflower at wallflowerjournal.com. Every letter we read will be kept totally anonymous. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week.